This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. morning and welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am your host, Alex Fitton, and I am here every week this season to bring you episodes on how the Enneagram influences our adoption journeys. You can follow along with me on Instagram and Facebook at The Adoptive Mom. This is episode six of season seven, episode 99 overall. Next week is episode 100, you guys. And to celebrate, I want to give you guys some gifts. So next week on the show, I will be picking three winners to receive a gift box from me. To enter, simply share your favorite of all 100 episodes on the main feed of one of your social media pages and tell us why it's your favorite. Be sure to tag me, or if your account is private, screenshot it and send it to me in a DM, and I will announce the winners next week on the show. Okay, so for this episode, we are sitting down to chat with your Enneagram coach, the Beth McCord. I feel like there should have been a drum roll. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. She is an Enneagram author, speaker, and coach, and she's the founder and lead content creator of Your Enneagram Coach, a community designed to be a safe place for individuals to explore the Enneagram. With years of experience and a passion for coming alongside individuals, couples, and groups, Beth is leading the way in simplifying the deep truths of the Enneagram from a biblical perspective. Her mission is to make personal awareness and growth accessible for everyone, anywhere, so they can experience health and transformation in every area of their lives. And that is something I can get behind. Beth is going to dump a bucket of grace on us as she shares with us what God has gifted each of the nine types on the Enneagram and how and why each of us is the woman for the job in our adoption journeys. This is one of my very favorite aspects of the Enneagram, the consideration that each type reflects a characteristic of God and equips us to point to him in our unique stories. Okay. So don't forget to share your favorite episode on your main social feed and be entered to win one of three gift boxes from me to celebrate our 100th episode next week. Oh, I'm so incredibly grateful to all of you for subscribing and listening and cheering me on to make 100 whole episodes possible. You guys are the best. All right, let's get to our chat with Beth McCord. All right. Welcome to the show, Beth. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am super psyched to talk to you. Um, but before we get to everything I want to talk to you about, can you just take a second, remind us of who you are and what you do and okay. all of that? Yeah. So obviously I'm Beth McCord and I am your Enneagram coach. We have uh, uh, Enneagram uh, based uh, website and teaching and Instagram platform. And our hope is to help others to understand themselves with astonishing clarity so they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom that they have in Christ. Um, And so that's our 
that's our hope, that's our passion, um, whatever stage of life they're in, whatever type they are, is to really help them to know who they are in him. Um, and so that's what we do. We live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. We have two kids that are both in college. Um, yeah, and that's a little bit about me. I've been studying the Enneagram for 19 years. So, you know, well before it became kind of the popular thing. Yeah. And have just You're like an OG. Yeah, right. And just loved it and have grown tremendously from it just personally. And then my relationship with my husband, we've been married 25 years um, and then just raising our kids. So yeah, it's just been a really great experience. That's amazing. I, so yes, you, like I said, you're, you're like an OG Enneagram person. I am an Enneagram one as my listeners are well aware. So I really love the Enneagram. I love all the boxes that, (laughs) right. That the, that the general person would perceive the Enneagram to put people in. But what I loved about studying it is realizing just how expansive it is and, um, and seeing how freeing it is. And I've, I've loved listening to you on other podcasts, just talk about that freedom and the freedom in Christ that the Enneagram can offer. And that's one thing that I like to hand to anyone that I talk to that gets a little prickled by Enneagram talk. I'm like, listen, it's not scary. Like I think that they think it's demonic or they think it's uh, (laughs) taking attention away from God. And one of my favorite things, which you have said just on your Instagram and stuff over and over is that each Enneagram type represents an attribute of God. And that's really cool. So like as a one, I can represent God's just being. And, and of course that doesn't make me God. That just makes me like represent that attribute of God. And that makes me really happy and proud of that. Um, and so when we're talking about adoption and adoptive moms, you know, we adoptive moms can often feel like we're getting it all wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. We're messing things up worse. We are dealing with trauma and we're dealing I mean, we're, in Enneagram speak. We're looking at kids who are way in their stress number, like mm-hmm. in the pit mm-hmm. of that. Um, and we can feel so inadequate. So what mm-hmm. would you have to say uh, just through the lens of the Enneagram for all of that? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, God calls us to such um, wonderful um, callings that can also end up being extremely hard callings. But even in those hard callings, that is God's way of uh, refining us. Um, And that's any calling, whether it's just being a parent itself, being an adoptive parent, you know, being a spouse, being a friend, being a worker. I mean, there's all of these different callings, vocations, different things that God has called us to. And each is going to look different and be different. Um, but all of them are there to ultimately have us glorify him and enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the the chief end of man is to glorify him and, you know, by enjoying him. And so by enjoying him, it's enjoying how he created us uniquely. And what I tell, you know, the people that I work with is there's nine valid perspectives of the world. We always think people see this, the world the way we do, but they don't. And once we realize that people have different lenses on and that they're seeing and interpreting and reacting to the world differently, our hope is that they can have greater appreciation and um, admiration for God and his creation and how he has the body of Christ with all of its different parts and reasons. If he wanted us all to be the same, he would have made it that way, but we're different for a reason and all of it's to point back to his glory. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is realize that we're on this side of the fall. And so though we can represent and the image of God at our healthiest, we also will struggle greatly on this side of heaven with the fall and with sin and weakness and all those things. And so what the Enneagram is helping us to do is, again, it brings that astonishing clarity 
Think of the Enneagram like an x-ray. It is going to clearly show you with this astonishing clarity to the point where you kind of don't want the clarity sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) but it shows you with clarity what is broken, but it also shows what's not broken. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. An x-ray cannot heal what is broken. The gospel is the only thing that can heal us, restore us, reconcile us with God and others. And so only the Enneagram is going to do is reveal things to help us to understand things quicker, but it is up to us to depend and to surrender to the Holy Spirit to have him work in and through us. It just doesn't happen. Like you don't just read the Enneagram book or just know your type and it happens. We have to get to know ourselves better. And this isn't, uh, this is self-awareness. This is not about self-reflection for selfishness sake. This is about becoming more like Christ. This isn't about looking at ourselves and focusing on ourselves only. It is in order for us to realize that we are thirsty and what we are thirsty for is the spring of water, true water, the living water, which is Christ. And that we need to turn back to him and drink all that we can from him instead of demanding it from ill-equipped sources. It could be our jobs, our spouses, our kids, you know, work, uh, clothes, drugs, drinking, you know, all the things that we try to get these longings that we have and Mm -hmm. for ourselves only Christ satisfies. And so the Enneagram and the way I use it is to always say, you're going to be thirsty for the rest of your life. You're going to long for something. And the more you try to get that apart from Christ, the more you're going to hurt yourself and others, the more you turn back to the spring of living water, the more you'll be replenished and satisfied and you will drink as much as you want so that when others do give you those things that you long for, even if it's just a little bit, you're going to be so thankful because it's like you're already full. You're already satisfied instead of demanding it from them. And so that's really kind of my hope is for adoptive moms, but anyone is that they recognize you are broken, but you are also loved, cherished and being have been restored and being restored. That's the already, but not yet that we have with Christ. The already is that we are justified that he is taking care of all things past, present and future through his life, death and resurrection. But we're still on the side of heaven. So there's the uh, not yet. So we have the already and the not yet. So we can long for what's to come and to know that he is making us more like him. He is bringing perfection. And so as adoptive moms who are struggling, who feel like they're making it worse, no, it's not true. Take time to have self-reflection. Yes, own the parts that are not good for us. But more than that, rest in the finished work of Christ on your behalf that you are loved, you are cherished, and that all that you've longed for has been taken care of by him. And I go through that in all my courses and each type actually has different longings. And we show how Christ has satisfied that so that they truly can feel that replenishment that their heart really longs for. Yeah. Um I need like all of that in an IV stat. So like, um, goodness, like that's so amazing. And it's so encouraging to hear that. And and that's something that I've really loved about studying the Enneagram is yes, it is really great to get to know myself and why I do the things I do better. It helps me to be able to explain that to my husband, especially. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've loved the empathy that it's given me for other people. Um, I mean, really just fellow adults. Cause when we're looking at, you know, I have a, a, an 18 year old adopted son. Um, 
and like identifying his number is not easy because of trauma. And so when relating with your kids, you know, that's a different podcast episode altogether, but (laughs) we're talking about ourselves as adoptive moms, which is where I always strive to look is keep eyes on the adoptive mom and our healing journey and how we can be filled by Jesus to then pour out to the kids that he's entrusted us with. Um, you know, like I said, at the top of the episode, I think my fear is that we, we constantly feel inadequate or like we're not the right person for this job. Um, and so I would just, I would love it if you could maybe enlighten us on how each of these types is the right woman for the job in different ways. Yeah. yeah well, it's ultimately not us to decide yeah. whether we are the one or not the one. God has already orchestrated it to be the way it is. So ultimately it comes down to trusting that God knows who he needed for that child to be the mother or father to. Um, Ultimately that's what it comes down to. But I do understand that we do see our weaknesses very clearly. And the Enneagram is going to expose the weaknesses you kind of already know is there in a very real way, which can really make people stumble and fall even harder if they don't have the gospel right there to catch them. Yes. And so that is what I'm constantly doing is to show people you are okay right where you're at. Not because you are okay, but because you are okay in him. He's already taken care of you and he already is restoring and making you new. Now, with that being said, for each of the types, when they're what we call misaligned with the truth of the gospel, yeah, you're going to act out in ways that are going to have consequences for yourself and in your relationships. But when we are aligned with the truth of the gospel, we bring so much good to bear. And so my hope is for each parent to be able to see where they're struggling and where they're misaligned, but not to wallow in it. Remember, not to have self-condemnation, fear, and shame, Mm -hmm. to own it, to apologize, and ask the Holy Spirit to bring them back to who they already are, which is unconditionally loved, freed, and forgiven in Christ. So when we see that, we're able to go, okay, I am flawed, but I'm also forgiven. I am messing this up, but I'm, but he's also renewing. So with that being said, each of the types have wonderful attributes and gifts they can give to their children when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel. The ones reflect God in their goodness and rightness. And so they naturally see what is good and what is right. And they move in that direction and they bestow that on others. When they're healthy, they bestow it with gentleness and tenderness and kindness without judgment. Now, the twos, they reflect God and offer people love and nurture. The twos, their superpower is knowing other people's feelings and needs immediately. Now, when they're healthy, they have taken good care of themselves so much that they can now give to others without the needing to get anything back. And so they're truly loving and they're truly nurturing others. Now, the threes, they're going to reflect God in hope in in their radiance. And what I mean by that is Christ gives us all the hope that we ever need. And threes can magnify hope and optimism and a can-do spirit, but they also have radiance. They show beauty and glory in what they accomplish and what they do and how they do it. Now, when they're aligned, they're going to do that in a way that reflects God and points people to Christ and not themselves. Now, our type fours, they can reflect God in their creativity and their depth. 
And when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel, they are going to demonstrate to others how creative God truly is. And they're going to reflect that. And the cool thing is that each of the uh, type fours will do it differently and they'll have this unique and special way, but it's not for their own recognition. It's to reflect Christ. And then they also are going to bring depth, the depth of Christ, the emotional depth, the knowing of oneself. Again, not for selfish reasons and not for self-reflective, just, hey, look at me, but as in a guidance to others to go there as well. Like they will be there to walk with them in the hard spots and the joyous spots. I love that. Now, yeah, our type five, uh, they will reflect God in their wisdom and their truth. So fives do an amazing job diving full force into any topic and can really pull it apart, nuance it and analyze it to great depths and bring out what is true and really candidly speak about truth and data without allowing emotions to get in the way. Now that can really reflect God because there is truth in the world. There is knowledge that needs to be had and they can really offer that in great depth to those that need certain resources um, and certain help. And so our fives can really offer um, that element that some of us might be missing. Now, the sixes, they can reflect God in his faithfulness and courage. Um, now, a lot of times people will think, well, sixes, they're the ones that are anxious and they think of all the worst case scenarios. Yeah, you're right. But they also every day get up and do life, which means they actually are the most courageous on the Enneagram. And their courageousness also shows their faithfulness, their faithfulness to their family, their faithfulness to their friends. And so they represent um, a part of God that's loyal, committed, forbearing, uh, being with, um, not going anywhere. Um, and so I just, I love that for the type six parents, for, for them to know you are hardworking, you are dutiful, and you are standing right beside your children and all of this. Now, our type sevens, they're going to uh, reflect God in his joy and his abundance. And our sevens are the lighthearted, optimistic, can-do kind of spirits out there. Um, and that is so important that when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel and they know that their hope lies in Christ and what he is doing through their family, even in the hardest times, they see hope. They see what can be. They see the optimism. And so they don't allow um, the hard parts of life to allow them to trip up and just stop. They mm -hmm. see it when they're healthy. And they recognize it, but they also think of creative ways to move forward, not just for themselves, but for those around them. And so they bring people along with them to a more glorious, uh, blessed side. And they offer a lot of abundance, abundance in spirit, abundance in um, energy and creativity and um, just the spontaneity of choosing new things in life. And our type eights, they're going to reflect God in his power and his protection. Eights are so amazing when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel. They know who their real protector is and who the real power is. They rest in God to be that in and through them. And they become a snowplow. And I'm talking about the big diesel snowplows that we see on, you know, if you're not in the north, what you see on the TV and the weather channel, those big diesel snowplows that plow a path on the highway. 
And that is what a healthy aid is like. They're not plowing over people. They see that there's this path that needs to be done and they're telling people to get behind them and they're clearing the way because they want others to have a smooth path. So like for adoptive parents, they are their advocates to their children. They're making things happen for their children. They are tenacious. They are alongside them. They're not going to allow others to harm their kids with injustice. Mm. And then our type nines, the type nines that are going to reflect God with peace and oneness. Um, They are going to uh, reflect God in such a beautiful way of being non-judgmental, being receptive, being open to who God has given them and the way that their child should go. They're the most Um, kind of open-minded. And I don't mean that in like a secular way. I mean, God created that child to be who they are, to come from the story that they've come from and to see the world the way they see it. And the nines can actually get in the shoes of other people and see it and then come alongside and support them in ways that brings that oneness, that connection. It allows the child to feel um, connected, to feel nurtured in um, a non-judgmental way that brings that true peace um, that the family is really looking for. And again, these all are reflections of God when each of the types are aligned with the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And we can at any moment get misaligned where we forget and we're trying to do it in our own strength. And then other characteristics start coming out. But even when that does happen, what we have to remember is that 24 7, 365, who we already are is that we are Christ's beloved child and that he has taken care of all things. We can always come back to the assurance that we are okay in him. We are going to mess up. We can own it because he is already taking care of it. And so for the parents to recognize, yes, there are going to be times that you have to apologize and apologizing is so freeing for your children to see that you own it and that it's not just them. And that you come alongside and say, yeah, we're going to have hard times in this together, but we know that Christ is here with us. And those are the things I would just really recommend um, all parents um, to do for any of their children is to recognize I am here with you. I am going to struggle with you and I need Jesus just as much as you do. If if not more, I know as as being a parent myself, I need Jesus a lot. Um, And so that's how uh, our nine types can reflect God when they're aligned with the truth of the gospel. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like all of that. I love it so much. And I think that, I mean, like I said, just at the last time that you uh, encouraged us, it's just, it's so what we need to hear. And I know that that's something that you talk about with each of the nine types is you, you can recognize your type in one way by seeing your, uh, what, what do you call it? Your longing, um, you know, your core longing, core longing. Thank you. And it's like, I, it's just so good to hear. It's like a balm for, um, I don't know, for all of our struggles and our weaknesses and our um, insecurities, but just at the bottom of it all or at the top, however you want to look at it, uh, just to know that like, no matter what God has us, like we are, we are okay because of Jesus. And I think that as adoptive moms, really as moms in general, but as moms dealing with trauma and um, sin and evil and, um, mistakes that we didn't make that we are now having to be responsible for. Um, it can be so defeating. And I think I, you know, as a naive person who thought I knew hardship coming into adoption, I think finding the end of myself was something that I did not realize would happen. Um, 
And, you know, I talked about, so with, um, in my episode with Suzanne Seville, we talked about your stress numbers and something that I loved about what you wanted to say or what you just said. And what I wanted to comment on was, um, finding that beauty, even in your stress number, because I think, so for me, it's four and I love how you put it. Um, and I'll probably ask you to say it again in a second, just for the, you know, the people in the back, which is me. Um, but just hearing like, yeah, you can go to those dark places because Jesus is the light with you. Um, and that's something I, like I was uh, 30 years old, which is how old I am now when I realized that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. I realized it yesterday. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It, and, and to recognize that we do, we use both the highs and the lows of the numbers we're connected to both our wings and the Enneagram paths, which are the two lines that we're connected to. And so, yeah, you're the type four that you are connected to. Yeah. When you're under stress, there are going to be certain attributes that um, you are going to gravitate towards, um, but you're still one. Um, but yeah, there are attributes that you're going to gravitate towards. But when you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, the, the depth and the creativity, um, the scene, what is missing and longing for it um, and, and then combining that with the oneness of idealism. So there's idealism of what's right. And then there's idealism of what could be. That's both the four and the one can really come together in beautiful ways. And so I just want people to recognize that, yes, we do teach kind of an Enneagram 101 that you go to this path and stress and you go to this path and growth, but you actually use both the highs and the lows of those numbers. And it's mm-hmm. so encouraging when we see how they pan out. <gasps> Okay. So when we're talking about our, our security and our stress numbers, I think, you know, you, um, you teed it up really well by just saying that there are like, we are designed to go there fluidly. Um, and that it doesn't necessarily mean like you suck when you're in your stress number or you're winning when you're in your security number. And that's something that I wish, like I was saying, I wish that, when we look at that map, it's like, I wish that it it could all be like a flood of like, here's all the knowledge you need because it is such a process, but that is so gracing because whenever I first looked at it, I didn't realize that. And then when I realized like, Oh, when I'm acting like a four, it's actually really good because, you know, as a one, I tamp down my emotions and I try to overcome them with logic. And that is not a real thing in the world. And because we're human. And so what would happen is I would have a panic attack and it would all come out at once. And so in realizing like, Oh, if I cry, like when I actually need to cry, then I don't crash later. And like, that's tapping into that four and the beauty of it and the Mm -hmm. good stuff from it that I didn't know was good. I thought that that was something to be overcome. And so I've loved the language of the Enneagram, just explaining those things. Um, what are maybe some of the, you know, I know you're a nine, so maybe just talk about from the nine perspective, what are some of those, like the good things that come out of your, your stress and security numbers? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I love, um, working with the depth of the Enneagram. I call the, the lines Enneagram paths. And so Mm -hmm. I'm connected to six and three, but I also have my wings eight and one. Um, and I love working with those numbers because my main type, you know, type nine in itself is wonderful and glorious and beautiful and how it reflects God when I'm aligned with the truth of the gospel. But there's so much more that can be had. And we're so much more than just a number. God has allowed this fluidity to take place. And it's really beautiful when you see how it's working. 
And so I'll kind of explain how I can move towards six in, you know, kind of in stress and it's not working well for me, but also how I can use six in a beautiful way. Um, and then also three. So as a type nine, my go-to mode is like, everything's going to be fine. It's great. Like, let's just not worry until something actually happens. Like, let's just kind of flow through life. It's all going to work out. Um, that's kind of the natural mode of a nine. But that's just not always necessarily true. I mean, here we are in a pandemic. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and you can't even be prepared for some of this stuff. It's like every day you read the news and you're like, I had no idea that could be a possibility here. Um, and so what happens for the nine is when I'm under stress, I go from that oh, everything's going to be fine to see, let's say, reality, but it also becomes super bright and magnified. And now all of a sudden they see all the worst case scenarios mm -hmm. and it all feels like it's going to be real. And now I start to panic and I get irritable and I, I can't think well because the mind likes their, their mind is more slow and kind of meandering. But all of a sudden it's revved up now with all this anxiety and what ifs. And that just makes me for a person who is going to be more erratic, more defensive, more mm -hmm. irritable, um, more demanding that things get in control so that I can go back to peace. Um, and the beauty of understanding that with the gospel is knowing that that's going to happen in my life mm -hmm. from time to time. Now, I am not all saying like, oh, it's gonna happen. Like, don't worry guys. No, sin is sin. Like when I harm my family by being short or irritable, that has ramifications. We want to own our sin and ask for forgiveness because sin put Christ on the cross. But that's the good news is he has taken care of it. So I can look at what I've done and own it and apologize knowing I'm safe and secure and his, being his beloved daughter. Yeah. And because of that, then I can go, okay, what can I do in this situation instead of being anxious and my mind racing and being irritable? Okay, how can I use the six in a positive way? Well, sixes really can see all perspectives, but that they're healthiest. They are courageous and moving forward with what they know is the right path and trusting themselves to go forward. And so I can take that and I can actually do that myself. I can say, okay, here's the deal. We're in a pandemic. Here's the things we need to consider. Here's what we need to do as a family. And then also ultimately trust God has our provision. And so that's how I can use the six in a really healthy way. Now, the three, on the other hand, when I am, so nines are also like, ah, who am I? My voice doesn't matter. My presence doesn't matter. I'll just go along to get along. I'll just make others shine. But God has called each of us to our own calling. Our, we have our own voice. It doesn't mean each of us are like, I'm not saying like, oh, you should just be selfish and self-promoting. No, we want to reflect God, but he has called us, given us gifts and talents to reflect him, to point people back to him. So as a nine, I need to go, no, like what has God called me to? What, what thoughts and opinions has he given me? And how can I show up in the world that truly blesses others and points them to back to him? Well, that's where I can lean on the healthy side of type three, because threes have great self-confidence. They're assertive. They're precise and like working through a checklist and making things happen. Um, and that can give the nine a lot of um, like a runway. 
like, here's where we're going to go. Here's the plan. Here's the path. Here's the mission, the goal. And it helps the nine to stay focused and to keep moving forward. Because a nine who's at rest stays at rest. And a nine who's in motion stays in motion, <laughs> inertia. So I know for me that when I'm going internally, like I'm revved up and I'm, I'm like, yes, don't stop. Don't stop. Um, obviously, there's good, appropriate rest and self-care. But ultimately, if I stop, there is it's hard to start up again. That's where I can lean in on that three where they have energy and a go-to attitude. But I also can use the lower side of three where I care what people think. Cause as a nine, we really do. We, we are afraid of hurting someone or someone's upset or there's discomfort or there's discord. And so I might care more about how people think of me in my three space and try to shape shift so that I can make people happy to bring this false um, harmony. Whereas if I stay true to who I am and move forward in assertiveness and in that goal setting mode of who God has created me to be and to show up with this confidence, not self like, oh, I'm the best, but this like, no, this is how God has made me. Then it's going to ultimately bless others, whether there's harmony or not harmony in it. So those are a few ways that, you know, someone can kind of see how they can use both the highs and the lower aspects of the numbers they're connected to yeah, and at the at the you know at the end of it all, I think that that's just such a reflection of how God made each of us um, perfectly equipped to uh, do His good work in adoption, especially. I mean, as we're talking um, to adoptive moms on this podcast, um, just that we get to rest in that. We get to rest in the knowledge that God God has already gone before us and equipped us with those attributes of him that are necessary for our kids. Um, So I know we only talked about nine and one because, you know, I'm nothing if not self-serving. I'm just kidding. (laughs) um, It is funny. My husband's a three. So I feel like I'm uh, jiving with a lot of what you're saying, just even as you're secure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if somebody is wanting to dive more into like, maybe she, I mean, hopefully if she's gotten this far in this podcast series, um, she knows her number, yeah. but what about the, you know, things like stances and what we're talking about with, with, uh, stress and security, how can she find out more about that? Yeah. Well, um, our website, or actually I'll start with our Instagram has a ton of free resources. Every two weeks we go through a series. Um, And so we've got series on stances, communication style. I mean, there's just a, I mean, there's just a lot there. You just go back Mm -hmm. all over the years. You can also find, um, if you go to actually our Pinterest page, your Enneagram coach, we have all those series in like their own like um, boards. So you can kind of see them a little bit easier than kind of flipping through all of Instagram. Um, But yes, we have these really great series that are in that. Um, So that's a free space to go. And you know, only has so much information. So that's a good starting point. Um, if people don't know their type or they're still new to the Enneagram, then our Discovering You course is excellent. It's a two hour, has a beautiful workbook that goes along with it. I bring everything in a simplified way, but I don't miss out on the profound aspect of the Enneagram. And that's going to really teach them about these lines and the triads and a few other things that are really important to start off with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once they know their type and they're ready to dive in a little bit further, my exploring new course is exactly what they're going to want because the exploring new course is me coaching them through five coaching sessions, the exact same coaching sessions I do in person. There are guide sheets I take them through, but there's a video of what I would typically say with a person um, in person 
um, they get to watch it online. And it's, at, oh my gosh, it's such a fraction of the cost of personal coaching. So it is definitely a great way to do it. And that will really, and it's not just for knowledge sake, really what we're doing is to help them understand why they do what they do, but to understand where they are misaligned and how to become aligned with the truth of the gospel so that they are free to be more like Christ um, and also to own when they're not. So that is what those five coaching sessions are going to do. And of course, for those that really want to go for it all, um, we have the Become an Enneagram coaching course where we certify people through um, our our coaching course. And it's roughly a 12 week, I mean, it's a go at your own pace, but it's roughly about a 12 week course that goes really in depth to all these things. But the whole point is to do exactly what I'm doing is to help others understand themselves so that they can see Christ more and become more like him. Yes. And just to plug, I mean, all those graphics that she's talking about with Pinterest and, um, uh, Instagram, like that's how I found out my subtype because it's Mm -hmm. so visually, pleasing that you get to, you like want to read more. So definitely like, that's just such yeah. a great free resource. And then it's like, it, like I said, it's kind of like the toe in the water. And then you're like, I need more. I need more. Like I yes. just, like yes. buckets on top of me at the Enneagram. I love it. Um, so, okay. Are you cool with getting into these closing questions? Yeah, let's go. For awesome. It. Okay. So, uh, just for fun, what is the most overtly nine thing about you? <sighs> overtly nine thing about me. Okay. Um, I love uh, sitting in a hammock. Okay, here, here's, okay, this is the most overtly nine thing. I have, you know, an Eno that is in my backyard and I love it so much. And I work from home that I have a hundred foot ethernet cable and an electric extension cord so that whenever I can, I can work from the Eno hammock <laughs> under the trees. So, and literally I'm working, like I'm cranking out material people. Cause people are like, how can you like lay down? I have, I have it all set up. I have this laptop desk thing that, you know, you can like maneuver. So it fits exactly where you're at. I mean, and then I, and then I have my drinks so I can get to them with ease, you know, so I'm going to crank out material courses and books in an Eno. So that is like the most nine thing. <laughs> perfected the art of rest. I love it. Oh yeah. It's like, man, I am winning out here. Oh so. my gosh. Um, okay. What is your favorite and least favorite thing about being a nine? Yeah. So I'd say that my most favorite thing is also my least favorite thing. Um, my most favorite thing is that I really can see through the lens of all nine types. Um, I can feel them. I can feel their energy. I can feel their pain. I can feel their sorrow. I can understand where they're coming from. And I can move towards them with great compassion and empathy and, and encouragement. So I love that. But it's also my Achilles heel because whether I want to or not, I feel everyone's um, energy. Are yeah. they okay? Are they upset? Are, you know, so I'm, whether, I mean, there's so many times I just wish I didn't feel it, but it's like, oh my gosh, are people okay? And they don't even have to say anything. I just know. Mm-hmm. And my nineness feels like it has to come in and help or fix or accommodate or shape shift or go along to get along. And I'll do it without even fully thinking. And all of a sudden I'm starting to lose myself again. And it's not helpful for me or them. Um, and then there's times where it gets out of control where I really am trying to people please. I am trying to avoid conflict or losing connection to the point where it's really harming the relationship. And I wish, I wish I could not have that. Um, 
part because I know it's not helpful for me or others, but it is, it's just a constant theme in the background. But now that I'm aware of it, I can actually voice it and let people know when it's happening and give myself some grace and compassion, even in the moment. And sometimes I'll even tell my family, like, okay, this is where I'm at. Like, I really just want to make you happy, but I know that's not healthy. And this is what we need to do, but I'm really struggling. And just that honesty allows us to navigate that versus trying to get rid of it or shame it or get upset with others for quote unquote, making me feel this way. Um, and that's where the, that's so great for us to see all of us so that we can just have honest conversations um, and, and then always lean on Christ for, for what we need. Yeah. So well said. Um, Okay, so what do you wish that every mom knew about herself and the Enneagram going into adoption? Yeah, so I think you know the biggest thing where I find transformation happening the most is through the core longing. So there's four core motivations that I teach. There's the core fear, core desire, the core weakness, and the core longing. And so people can learn about all of those through my courses and you know, even on Instagram or Pinterest through our materials. But if you're trying to find your type, that's everything hinges on these four core motivations, why you do what you do. But the core longing is the message your heart longs to hear. And I think for adoptive moms, but even moms in general, your heart is longing for something. And in Jeremiah 2.13, it talks about how we have forsaken um, the spring of living water. So we have turned away from the spring of living water and we have then dug cisterns. These are like wells, but they don't have fresh water. You have to put water in them. So we've dug a well, made a well, but then the well is broken and cracked. So it's kind of like, think about a coffee cup or a, a clay mug. If it's cracked and broken and you're trying to pour coffee in it, it's not going to work, <laughs> but you keep pouring, you keep, you know, and so we have this longing and we're trying to get this longing met through people, mm-hmm. through re, uh, whether it's relationships or career or like shopping or you name it, whatever it is that you're trying to get this longing from. You think these things will do it. And even if they have a hose and they're pouring water into your cistern, and for a little bit, it's going to feel good. For a little bit, it's going to be like, oh, see, this is exactly what I needed. But then all of a sudden you're going to recognize, wait, where is it? Where's the water? Well, it's a broken cistern. The water's going to seep into the ground. It's not going to satisfy. So whether it's your spouse or your adopted child or your kid, other kids or dogs or whoever, whatever is happening in your life that they were satisfied, now they're not, you're going to be upset. You're going to demand it. And you're going to punish them for not doing what you think will satisfy you. But here's the good news. When you turn to the spring of living water, which is right next to you, it's right here. That is Christ. And Christ satisfies your core longing. He already has, and he will continue. What we need to do is humble ourselves and turn back to him and drink from that source. And so when we recognize what our core longing is and how he has satisfied that core longing, that changes everything. And so for adoptive moms, for them to realize you are broken, you have broken cisterns, and you're going to, until you die, try to fill these broken cisterns. That's just this side of heaven to give yourself grace. Yes, you're going to keep turning back to them, but get to a point where you recognize it. And even you kind of laugh at yourself in this, in a, in a, a kindness way, like here I go again, I'm trying to fill it with the cistern and then just help your heart to come back to the Holy Spirit and navigate back to the spring. So example for me, I long to hear that my core longing is to hear that my, uh, 
presence matters, that my voice matters. Well, I can demand that from my husband and my kids, that they listen to me, that they uh, show that they accommodate to me, like I accommodate to others to show that my presence matters. Well, they could try that, but at some point they're going to fail. And I can then get upset with them or think that that reflects something about me. When in fact, if I turn to the spring of living water, what Christ has always demonstrated is that my presence matters so much that he left his throne to come and live a brutal life, to be beaten, to die, and to rise again, to bring me back to him, to have full relationship with him. I don't know what says your presence matters more than that. So I have to keep coming back to that source and reminding myself of what is true so that when I do unknowingly or knowingly turn back to cisterns, I can remind myself, wait, this isn't going to satisfy. You think it will, but it's not. And so I can keep reminding myself, come back to the spring, come back to the spring. And so for the moms to recognize they each have a core longing, but Christ is the one that satisfies it. It's not about you getting it right. It's not about you finding all the resources. It's not about you um, messing up too much. It's about what is God doing in and through you so that you can become more like Christ and to demonstrate that. And part of that is us dying to ourselves and allowing Christ to come alive. Mm -hmm. And so it all starts from this position of, I need to recognize my cisterns, turn from them in humility, but then drink from the real source. Oh man. Um, gosh, that's so good. First of all, you tapped into your healthy three by answering two questions at once. You and your efficiency. So good job. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My next question, you already answered it. Uh, secondly, so, um, Man, that like my uh, my inner critic, who I've named Regina George as a one, uh, doesn't let me do that very often because it. She tells me that I need those uh, that brokenness and that constant shame in order to yeah. do things. Like, yeah, you want to get stuff done, you got to have that angry dog chasing you. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's and here's the good news for type ones: your inner critic's not the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy. Yeah, it thinks it is. But the Holy Spirit brings peace, wisdom, kindness, gentleness, forbearance, long-suffering, tenderness. And so that doesn't mean then you go shame the inner critic. She's only going to get louder. Um, It's where you come alongside her and say, I love that your heart is for me to be better. But the way you go about it is not of the Holy Spirit. And to then move into what the Holy Spirit has for you. And we all have an inner critic, but of course the ones is like a megaphone. And so over time, her megaphone is going to get softer and softer. It will always be there. We're on this side of heaven, but then there will be a time when you're with Christ and that megaphone will be gone. And all you will be hearing is his sweet voice to you. And so that's my hope for ones is for them to see what the inner critic is trying to do, trying to help, but they're doing it in a wrong way. Mm. Okay. Well, with that said, before you make me start crying, I am going to just say thank you so much for being here and for speaking to us. And, um, and, and, you know, just all like specifically speaking to me, uh, audience, sorry that you just got to like sit along as I got to have like a counseling session with Beth, but, (laughs) um, I'm just so grateful for the wisdom that you've been able to share with us today. And, um, yeah, just thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you 
you so much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at theadoptivemompodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.